Could everybody just put those hands together and say, praise God. <clears throat> I just want to explain something about me. Where I'm from, I've seen people get in trouble for a lot of stuff. I've seen people get in trouble for a lot of stuff, but I've never seen anybody get in trouble for making noise at church. Yeah, yeah, so bear with me, if you would. And just a little something about me, if you will. <clears throat> I have to confess this uh, for you all, because if I don't, I won't feel right. I just won't feel right about this. And see, what it is about me is... I am a black Baptist preacher. Yeah. Now, now the thing about that is, when, when we're up here doing our thing, if we don't hear any amens out there, we, we think we're up here doing something wrong. Yeah, so, so if you will, leave me your amens this morning. <laughs> I am so God glad to be with you, Grace Church, Grace Baptist Church, this morning. Give yourselves a hand. When Mike asked me to come, I was elated, and I am really happy to be here. Now, the preachers that raised me up, they taught me a few things. And one of the things they taught me was, you don't ever want to make the people glad twice. That, that's glad to see you get up and glad to see you sit down. Yeah. And, and, and another thing they taught me is, they taught me in order for it to be effective, it doesn't have to be eternal. Yeah. And, and they taught me one more thing. They taught me the three B's. Be prepared be brief, and be seated. So I won't be before you long. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn to me, turn with me uh, to Psalm 124. Psalm 124, and it reads, if the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive when their anger flared against us. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be the Lord who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Pray with me, if you will. Dear God, we come before you now, Lord, thanking you for the blessed honor and privilege it is to stand before your people and break for them the bread of life. Dear God, we know that preaching belongs to you, and man is just a vessel you decided to use. So we pray, God, that you would use us for your glory, that you would be glorified. God, that you would be magnified, and that the church would be edified. 
Dear Lord, I wouldn't dare end this prayer without saying, I don't know what it is about me, but it makes me feel better when I say, Lord, I need you. I need you now, Lord. Help us to preach as never before like a dying man to dying men and women. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Happy to be here with my friend, Pastor Benji, this morning. And I see that you guys were prepared for me to come. Yeah, you sung two songs that you clap on the two and the four on. Yeah, don't, don't think I wasn't paying attention to that. Yeah, thank you for making me feel at home this morning. <laughs> you see, if, the word if, if is a little word, but it does big things. It, it's, it's a little word, but it does big things. And when you put the word if, it, it, when you put the word what in front of the word if, it come, becomes a game changer. And what it does is it literally has the power to take us on a journey of imagination and exploration. And it can take us places that we never dreamed of visiting. And it can draw us into the very depths of our own souls. So today I want to take you on a journey asking what if. Uh, let, let us take a moment to consider the realities of this world. When, when we consider what's going on in the world around us and in our own lives, what if there was no God to protect us? What if literally there was no God to have our backs, if you will? What if God left us on our own? It's scary to think about. What if those times when you were doing something that you knew you shouldn't have been doing and by some strange twist of fate, you, you made it out only to discover that it was God that brought you out? What if, let's pretend for a moment and go back to a time when we were children and play a game called what if. How, how many of you played what if when you were little? Oh, what if? Well, that's where David is in this text. David, he makes a proclamation in verse 1, and he's proclaiming that something was done that nobody else could do. Something was done that, that he couldn't do. And David, unlike a lot of us, he knows that it was done by God. He admits that it was done by God, and, and only God can do what nobody else can do. And I want us to pay close attention for a second just to consider what David is saying here. He says 
if the Lord had not been on our side. In other words, what if? This is a serious question that requires an honest answer. And immediately, they, they go into a call and response mode. I like to think some of them were black. They, they immediately go into a call and response mode when he says, let Israel now say, if the Lord had not been on our side. You know, when I made that black comment, y'all were supposed to laugh at that. Now, this is going to be a long sermon if I got to tell you when to laugh. He says, let, let, let Israel now say, and, and I think it's fair to say here that Israel now, it represents the church in this day. And the proclamation that David makes, it, it's conditional. And the condition here is simple. And the condition is God is on the side of the church. Now, now if y'all don't get nothing else I say today, remember that God is on the side of the church. It doesn't matter who is, it doesn't matter who isn't, it doesn't matter whose side you're on. As long as God is on the side of the church, you, you know, the church is the world's oldest and largest continually functioning international institution. And I don't ever fret about those reports that you hear about who's not attending and who's not going. It doesn't matter because God is on the side of the church. And Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church will be all right because God is on her side. You guys got it. And David, he recognizes that if God was on, if, if God was not on the side of the church, if God was not on our side, he, he notices, he realizes, he recognizes that things would be a lot different. David, he makes a shift from proclamation to problem. And whether you know it or not, none of us in here are excluded from problems. And we need to understand uh, uh, when we don't have a God on our side, we are limited to our own resources and, account and abilities. And David said, when people attacked us. Now, what we see here is we see that problems are starting for no apparent reason at all. I don't know if you know it or not, but people don't need a reason not to like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, have you ever heard somebody say something like, you know, I, I, I don't like Mike. I, I'm picking on Mike because I can't. I, I don't like Mike. And somebody else says, oh, is that right? Well, well what did he do? And then they say, nothing, I just don't like it. People don't need a reason not to like you. People will make up reasons not to like you. 
and we see problems here. They, 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 problems start, and you had nothing to do with it. And, and verse 3 says they would have swallowed us alive. That is, they would have literally devoured you. And the fact that it says that they would have indicates something stopped them from doing it. And that's the part where you interject a but God. <laughs> they intended to, but God. They wanted to, but God. They tried to, but God. And Jesus is the only one who has the ability to put a but God in the middle of any sentence in your life. Then he uses the word flared that's associated with fire. And, and there's a, a word picture there. And the word picture there is that there's a person that is so mad with you, it causes their nostrils to flare. Now, now Gary ought to notice. Gary ought to notice. Because if you want to know if black people are mad, look at the nose. Then David, he makes three references to dangerous waters. He, he says, the flood waters, they would have engulfed us. Deterrent, it would have swept over us. The, the raging waters would have swept us away. He said, the flood, the, the, the deterrent, the raging waters, which all happen to be a threat to life. But let me tell you something about water. Water in scripture is symbolic to problems. And David, he's literally saying that our enemies would have carried us off like a flood. They would have flowed over us like a turrent. They would have drowned us like a rapid river. And let me tell you something else about water. That is, God has experience with water. Yeah, I'll say it again. God has experience with water. God has experience with water. Let me see if I can make this plain for you. You remember the children of Israel leaving out of Egypt. And they had furrow behind them, red sea in front of them, mountains on this side, mountains on this side. And got to the, to the mouth of the water. And people said, what are we going to do? And, and God said, Moses told God, 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 what are we going to do? And God said, Moses, stretch out your rod. And Moses stretched out his rod. And quicker than now, sooner than then, just like it was nothing, God stuck out that big hand and he karate chopped the Red Sea. God, I like to do this. And, 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 and the sea parted and the children of Israel walked across on dry land because God has experience with water. Let, let, let me see if I can make this more clear. There was a, a storm on the Sea of Galilee and water was coming in and they were bailing water out and water was coming in and they were bailing water out and then they said, what are we going to do? We, we, we can't fight this anymore. And somebody said, Jesus is asleep. And somebody else said, go wake him up. And then they woke him up and he came out and he looked wind in the face and water in the eye and he said, peace be still. And there was a great calm because God has experience with water. There was another time on the Sea of Galilee same boat, same disciples there, water coming in, they're belling it out, water coming in, they're belling it out. And somebody said, go wake up Jesus. And somebody said, 
He's not here this time. And somebody else said, what are we going to do? And they looked out on the water and somebody said, ghost. And somebody, Peter said, no, that's not. That's the Lord. He said, Lord, prove it to me. Allow me to walk on the water. And Jesus said, come on. And Peter walked on the water because God has experience with water. Now, scholars believe that Peter began to sink at the moment that he took his eyes off Jesus. But I believe it was somebody in the boat that said, hey, it's a big wave coming, look out. That's just me. God has experience with water, or should I say God has experience with problems? No matter what your problem is, our God can handle it. No matter how big your problem seems to you, God can handle it. And the best part about having a God on our side is not only will he rescue us, he will keep us safe. Then we see in verse 6 that David moves from problems to praise. David, he praises God because he realizes that God has experience with water, or should I say God has experience with problems. And he says, praise be to God who has not let us be torn by their teeth. And what he does is he compares the enemy to a wild animal with sharp teeth. In other words, just when you were in the mouth of the enemy and the jaws before they closed on you, God stuck that big hand in the mouth of the enemy, the same hand he karate chopped the Red Sea, and he snatched you out just before the enemy's jaws could shut. Don't fool yourself. Just this morning, somebody left the house with a salt, with, with salt and pepper, knife and a fork, and literally had intentions on coming out here and devouring you. But God, we have escaped from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken, and we have escaped. Just, you, just in case you didn't know, the snare is a trap. And if it's a good trap, you don't know it's there. And I feel like I have experience in this area because I've been caught in a few traps. If it's a good trap, you don't know it's there. And if you're not aware, and because you don't know it's there, you're not aware. And, and because you're not aware, you're not ready for it. And because you're, you're not ready for it, you have no defense against it. And once you're caught in a trap, you're stuck there until someone or something comes along and frees you. 
But there is one way to properly prepare for traps in life. In Psalm 119.105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The, the, the word, it shines a light on the path so you can see where you're going. And what you can see, you can avoid. And what you can avoid, you can be free from. And praise God that the gospel, which shows up here in verse 7, that the gospel, the incredible good news that Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins and to rescue us from eternal separation from God. He rose from the dead to give us new life. And through faith in Jesus, we have been reconciled to God. We have been adopted into his family. And we have been given the gift of enjoying him forever. The fowler or the trapper here is the devil, and the snare or the trap is sin. And the gospel is revealed in the text when David says, the snare has been broken and we have escaped. You see, the snare was broken one Friday when they took my Lord and Savior and marched them to Calvary's, uh, to, to Calvary's mountain carrying an old rugged cross. With the weight of the world on his shoulders, they, they got him to go, got this hill, and they nailed his hands. And, and they nailed his feet, and they lifted him between heaven and earth. And thank God I heard him say that if I, if I be lifted from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. And thank God he died. He, he, he died on that old rugged cross till the sun refused to shine. He, he died on that old rugged cross till the moon dripped away in blood. He died on that old rugged cross till the earth couldn't take it and it rocked like a drunken man. And they took him down from that cross and they buried a rock in a rock. They buried a rock around a the rock. They, they buried a rock over a rock. The, the rock, my, my, my rock of ages, the, 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 the rock of my salvation. But thank God he couldn't stay dead. Hallelujah. Praise God. Early Easter Sunday morning, he got up and he declared something that he never declared before when he said, all power on heaven and earth has been given to me. Hallelujah. 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 And when he got up, love got up. When he got up, hope got up. When he got up, joy got up. When he got up, you got up. When he got up, I got up. Early Sunday morning, we have escaped when Jesus got up from the grave with all power. So... What if, what if we didn't have God divinely protecting us? I believe the answer is obvious. We would be left vulnerable to the attacks of our enemies, never having enough strength never having enough wisdom 
to free ourselves from their snares and traps. Thankfully, that's not our reality. Because of Jesus and his gift of salvation, that is not our reality. We are no longer victims, but we are victors. We're no longer captives, but we are conquerors. What if God, in his infinite wisdom, would have never sent, sent a Pastor Benji to Grace Baptist Church? What if? Let's pray. God, our Father, we thank you. We honor you and we praise you. Lord, we thank you for who you are and what you've done. And Lord, if there's anybody here that does not know you this morning, we pray now, God, that in the stillness and quietness of their heart, that you would save them, dear Lord. Save them for your glory and save them for Jesus' sake. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would do your regenerating work and exchange that heart of stone for a heart of flesh. In Jesus' name. Dear Lord, we pray for those here that know you. Lord, we pray that something was said that we would be brighter lights and saltier salt. Lord, we pray that your love would shine so in us that people would come asking, what must I do that I might be saved also? Thank you for hearing us, Lord. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen.